In this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, we discuss control your data and don't leave it to a third party, drive effective traffic, not volume, and be social on social media. Don't just make commercials. Let's get into it. And welcome to this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, the podcast where we get to know and gain insight from leaders within the automotive industry. My guest this week is the podcast's first international guest. He specializes in the digital marketing space, partnering with automotive groups across North America. He has his own podcast series. Welcome to the podcast, Herb Anderson. How are you, brother? Hey, what's up, dude? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for inviting me, dude. This is very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for the today's session as well, mate. I, um, I, you know, you and I, I, uh, I consider you a, I consider you a friend, a, a mate from across the across the ditch, so to speak, mate. You, 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 you know, we've been connected on LinkedIn. We've had a lot of banter. I've been on your podcast, and you know, I follow all the stuff that you do, and think you add a lot of great value out there. And I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, man. Likewise, dude. It's awesome to, to you know, it's, I, that's why I love just the world that we live in today, man, that we can connect with, with uh, the distance and everything and, and still ha- have a relation. Pretty dope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, uh, I, I've got a great understanding of the Herb Anderson backstory, but uh, maybe my listeners might not have a great understanding of the Herb Anderson backstory. So give us the, uh, give us the overview, mate. Give us the, give us the, beer coaster version of what the herb anderson story is all about wow man where to begin okay so you're gonna take me down memory lane so let's see 20 plus years in the business i started as a loop tech tire technician Um, and then um, i wanted to be a service technician but that didn't pan out so i ended up being a service writer became a service manager uh then had uh, um uh, I, I went on the export side of things, uh, so doing business internationally on the collision side of the business. Um, did that for a little bit, then went to work for one of the big uh, big companies, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, digital and that sort of thing, which was Cox Automotive under Outlook. And that's really where things kind of started to take off for me, kind of like the, the operations side, which I already had in combination with the, the data and all that information that, that Cox Automotive has on the industry as a whole. Yep. Just, you know, just kind of allowed me to kind of connect the dots. And um, yeah, man, I, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, then I went to work for one of the uh, uh, three distributors for Toyota here in the U.S. And then started uh, doing that time and that kind of started to grow some legs and, and you know uh, dealers started reaching out and I started consulting and little by little started uh, you know my own business and now I do that full time just uh, 100% um, working for myself on the uh, you know consulting with dealers on, on digital uh, and it's kind of evolved a little bit now into vendor management which allows me to work with more dealers because what I was doing prior just the consulting side was very limited um, and now I'm just happy to kind of review, uh, you know, kind of uh, what dealerships are doing and how it looks on the digital side of the house and just um, help them figure out, man, what's working, what's not working. And, and if they need new partnerships or get rid of some partnerships, um, I can introduce them to, to um, you know, some some people that, that I trust that I've worked with in the past and 
yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It's fun to see, uh, to take a dealership that has some issues, right? And then and, and make some tweaks, uh, readjust the strategy, introduce them to some new partners that I, that work, right? That, that do the work and then just kind of see their business change, man. It's, it's fun. I love it. I love doing it. And, you know, I, I hope I can continue to do that for many years to come. Yeah, I, I, you know, in following your career, especially over the last few years, mate, I think it's fair to say you've you've really found your your groove and your niche now. You know, like it's, you know, I think, and it, it, what's the saying? Water finds its own level, doesn't it? You know, like I think that's that's a great sort of analogy for people's professional careers and life. You know, you 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 start off you start off going, you know, this is the direction I want to go in. You go, well, maybe that was. You know that I love this about it. Don't quite love this. You you make you make slight adjustments along the way, but eventually you really find what you get energized for when you jump out of bed in the morning, don't you? It's a, you know, and you found yeah, man. Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's and it's fun in the sense that I'm I'm constantly learning. You know what I mean? So I'm constantly learning. Obviously, I, I try to keep myself sharp just by by you know you know reading a lot and just you know um, connecting with people like yourself and you know some other of our connections on LinkedIn and learning from them. Um, but at the same time, being there and doing it at the dealership and then playing around with things and experimenting with things and seeing things fail too because I'm not everything I do um, you know yields a result there are some times that we put some things in place that clearly didn't work you know what I mean yeah. but that's part of the experience and quite frankly that's 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 what marketing should be all about we should always be experimenting you know what I mean constantly but you got to measure it right because if you don't measure it it's not going to get managed and I think that that's where where sometimes we we fall short in the industry as a whole yeah absolutely but that's the thing like businesses like ours that work with the industry as a whole you know you you know every every organization you step into you you walk in with the idea of adding as much value for them as you physically can but at the same time you know, you're, you're learning from them, you know, you're taking on the, some things and initiatives that they do. And then that allows you to pass that on to the next, the next business that you work with. So, you know, working with businesses like ours that work with the industry as a whole, you know, you take all of those learnings and you give those learnings at the same time. That's, that's the value that, that, you know, although we come at it from different angles, that's the value that in that people like us really add to the industry, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting where we are as an industry because, um, you know, the digitization of, 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 you know, everything, not just marketing, but everything is really has a, a form of, of a, has a digital component about it. Um, and then what that's done to the consumer more than anything else. So I did a podcast recently with the, um, Let's see, with the writers and producers of the movie Suckers. I don't know if you're yeah, familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, but it's, suckers, it was, suckers, you know I mean? suckers transcends truckers. Is, suckers for the old school auto people, mate. Everyone knows Suckers. <laughs> yeah, man. So so to, to see kind of the, the perception of the industry back in those days and to see how we've grown so much, we don't even give ourselves credit how much we've grown as an industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and, and with that comes, uh, adjustments, you know, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made at the dealership level. So for example, a dealership today in 2020, that's running their operation without some sort of a, um, 
an analytics expert in their in their showroom floor or in their not in their showroom floor you know as part of their team or that has a vendor that all they do is look at data and break that down and, and paint that picture they're missing out dude because everything that you do has a data component to it you know what i mean even even direct mail even traditional form of, a traditional form of advertisement has a direct component even tv because if you're really doing it right and you're investing your money on television right or radio you should be monitoring your weapon those spots hit and then see if that's causing a spike in activity to your website if you're not doing those things man you just don't have the whole picture and if you don't have the whole picture then how can you make decisions you know what i mean yeah look i one of the things that i wanted to cover on uh, in this in this chat mate is that you know i know i've got a very good awareness of what you do and i follow your content and you put a lot of great stuff out there and and the metrics that you get into you know i think wow thanks man there's that's the detail that that's the detail we need to be going on, you know, like it's, but I, I, I look at the, I look and feel and I'm, I'm in the industry all day, every day in this part of the world. And I'm not sure there's actually any business in this part of the world that's actually following that sort of mindset. I think that's a gap that we really need to explore. You know, we here, here in Australia and, and other, other developed markets, we do look at the U S and say, what are we doing? What are you doing over there that we can learn from? And I think that's one of the next one of the next great initiatives that we could really drive is to look into that digital space. So that digital is so, yeah, as you say, if you're not doing it, you're missing out, I believe. I, I think the same as you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at where we are right now, just, you know, worldwide, dude, with COVID and everything that's happening with, with that. You know what I mean? Like, um, it, it's such an interesting perspective that we had to get to this level for for progress to really take shape and what i mean you know people confuse change with progress all the time yeah you know what i mean so and let me let me let me explain that really quick so change is going to happen right everything's going to change you're going to change as a person your business is going to change change is going to happen no matter what there's external factors that go into play and there's nothing you can do about it it's going to happen sorry my phone here is kind of going crazy it's gonna you know it's going to be something that happens to you no matter what but progress is the choice is you choose to, to, to evolve you know what i mean so the industry has been changing for a while Be, why because digitization and consumers wanting to buy online and consumers you know that buy on amazon now they want to translate that experience to buying the car or consumers that do 14 plus hours research before they ever walk into the dealership all that stuff has, has changed the industry yes. but nobody's really focused on the progress side of things but all of a sudden this this covid thing happens and everybody now everybody wants to be carbon and now everybody wants to have a digital retailing tool on their website and everybody wants to go pick up cars and drop off cars for the service department you know what i mean yeah and um you know it just it's it kind of sucks that that this had to happen but at the same time i'm super glad for the industry because people are awake yeah. you know what i yeah. mean it's been anything that you tell your your leaders or your you know the people that are leading your dealership right now like hey let's try this let's do that they're they're gonna listen to yeah. and that's that's a do you, do you think that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the initiatives that have come about through COVID, do you think, do you think a lot of those, like, let's, 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 you know, jump in a time machine and go two years from now, like, hopefully the virus is a thing of the past, it's under control, whatever the case may be. 
do you think a lot of the initiatives will will actually stay around? Do you think everything will stay around that we're doing as far as the the you know that that getting back to the basics when it comes to interacting with customers and doing those courteous things? Do, do you reckon that would be the case? I love that question because a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me, but it's not even going to be a choice, dude. And here's why: because the customers. The customers know now that they can buy in this way and they know that they can service their vehicle in this way. And the customers are going to demand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about how crazy this is, dude. Just seven months ago, right? If I went to customers and picked up their car and and came, brought it to the dealership, serviced it, and dropped it out if they, uh, dropped it off at their house. If seven months ago I would go to somebody's home with a vehicle, let them test drive it without them ever coming to the dealership, right? If I would have done those things, I would have been a maverick in, in my in my in my market. You know, I would have been somebody that's you know completely thinking out, innovator, instant differentiator. You know, talk about marketing, instant differentiator. Now my message is completely different than everybody else. Yeah. Now it's expected. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that insane, dude? Yeah. It's just seven months ago, that could have been the ace, right, that I had under my sleeve. And now every everybody's expected to do business that way. So what does that do? It forces people to be like, okay, I got to step up my game. Now, now what is the next thing that I can do that's What's gonna? What's the next thing that I can do? that's gonna make me stand now. And dude, I love that. I love the the. I love what that represents for us. Yeah. Oh, look, I you know I, I as you know, mate, I come from a dealership family, and and you know a lot of the stuff that I've seen over the last four, five, six months, you know, the far, as far as home visits and all of those sort of things, I reckon my grandfather was doing that back in the back in the forties and the thirties, and the you know it's it's only really been in the last probably. 30 years that the industry has really tried to push it, push the customer through the shape mold that they want the customer to go through because that suited us the best. But now, mm -hmm. now the pushback has come from customers saying, you know what, Mr. Dealer, we don't want to do that anymore. We want you to come to our house. You know, we want you to provide these services because that's what we expect now. So it's been a, it's been a real learning. I, I, that's the part of, that's the part for me that, that I've said, you know, I'm 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 excited about that part of the industry and where that's going. I think it's it's a there's a lot of things happening, and and you know your your market has been affected differently by all of this. You know, our, sure, sure. You know, you know, you guys went into you guys went into formalized lockdowns depending on which state you're in. You know, we we in this part of the world, like New Zealand, went into a lockdown. Australia actually traded its way through it. So that's where I think. Our learnings, we can take those learnings from your market because, you know, who knows? Maybe six months from now, we might be in some sort of scenario where we really need to focus on that part of our business. So it's great. I think these they're great nuggets that you're providing here, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I it's it's hard to be enthusiastic because it's a it's it's is you know it's happening something negative like COVID and, and, it, and it is impacting people. And, you know, there's people that, that, you, you know, that 
it's, it's had a personal touch for them, either because they went through the disease or they lost people to the disease or maybe they lost their job or, but, you know, um, looking at it, you know, the glass half full, not half empty, sort of, a, sort of a perspective, there's a lot of good things. And I, listen, I don't know about any other industry and I don't really care to know about any other industry other than this industry. I'm telling you that for this industry, it's been, I can only see the positive after obviously, uh, you know, we've kind of gone through it, but I think the upside of what it, what it represents for our, for our industry is huge, man. And, and, you know, I can't help but to be passionately excited about it because I know that that's, it's going to look like you said, two years from now, it's going to look beautiful, man. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a, a really good time. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. If you're enjoying this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and not miss a future episode. If you'd like to know more about automotive talent and how we can assist you in the future, please don't hesitate to hit the contact link in the show notes. Back to the episode. Circling, circling back a little bit to the digital, to the digital side, what's like from in, in your market, as I said, we, can, we take a lot of learnings from over your way. What what's what's the best practice for in a in a digital sense now? Like you know, when you're talking about you know marketing spend and and how the you know how the what's what how the industry is investing over there. Like you know, are we is there the traditional forms of media? You know, your print, your radio, your TV. You know, obviously here that's they're they're the traditional forms that aren't adding as much weight as they used to. So. What's what sort of clever initiatives are the are the are the dealer groups over there taking when it comes to the digital space? Well, you know, I'm, I can't talk. It's hard for me to generalize just because a lot of the talk right now here in this market is about digital retailing, with which to me is is asinine. It yeah. just doesn't. It, it's not even a discussion i'm sure you've heard comments already about you know that it's just a, a lead widget and 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 i mean I'll, i don't even want to want to touch on that because i just feel like it's a waste of time um what i will share is you know what i've done right the things that i've done that i've seen a lot of success with and what what that looks like for me is taking it back to the foundation you know what i mean so there's really right digitally speaking that are going to make all the difference in the world and that's going to be seo sem social media and display but display i consider display youtube youtube videos more than anything else i mean the retargeting stuff yeah but nobody clicks on that that's basically a digital billboard yeah, right yeah. it doesn't you know what i mean you're not going to get a lot out of that so um if and if you think about it like that right what does that really mean it means google and bing but google mainly yeah Instagram and YouTube. If you take 80% of your marketing budget and you allocate it to those three platforms, you really don't need anything else. Because over 60%, I, I, I venture to say 80% of the people that you could impact on all these other different marketing initiatives, whether it be third-party sites or mailers or anything, all you're going to talk touch them in that in in in, in those three platforms, right? Yeah when you do that is is beautiful because they don't get a convoluted message so let me let me let me paint you a picture let's say that i'm advertising a toyota camry right and i go to google and i have sem for that 
right? And I'm optimizing on my website, right? With keywords or whatever, so that it appears. Um, I put it on Facebook and then I put it on YouTube and some sort of, you know, bumper ad that that's non stuff. Great. And that's the message, right? On those four platforms. But then I have it on AutoTrader and, and cars.com. And then I do a mailer and I do this and I do that. By the time I get to that, to that, um, by the time the consumer gets that information, it's been chopped down in all these different platforms that it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, if you just focus on those four channels, you're going to make that message Vince specific. Number, you're going to make that message. Um, that it's going to have a, 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 a cross channel messaging. That's going to make sense. And I see it on Google. I see it on your website. I see it on Facebook and I see it on YouTube and it says exact same thing. Yeah. Right. And as a dealership, which is the biggest contention that we've had digitally speaking, I can attribute it better because I don't have 20, 40 different platforms with where this inventory appears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can what that does on my website. I can see from those efforts, how many people are coming to my website and then I can measure the behavior on my website, right? And I can set goals on my website, which I'm gonna go on a tangent here right now to talk about that. If you don't have goals set up, I mean, come on, right? Especially now, COVID, as soon as COVID hit, you should have gone in there and you should have readjusted your, your goals. That was, that's that's a digital 101. Yeah. And and if you do that, then you can, then now, you, now it starts, picture or paint a picture and then all you need to do is just turn it up right you need more visitors turn it up get more visitors to the site and it's your website where you get to control it right it's not a third-party site that has everybody under the sun on there and you don't know if they saw your car and who they compared it against and all this other stuff you know what i mean mm. so that's the that, that's kind of like the the fifty thousand approach you know what i mean that's kind of what i'm doing fifty thousand. i'm trying to get rid of a lot of these third Red because you should have some sort of presence, but very minimal, like the cheapest thing possible, and then make your marketing effort on those four pillars. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I think it's it is as you say, it is digital one hundred and one. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as you're going outside of your ecosystem, outside of your bubble, you lose control and you lose the value that you. And these services generally aren't cheap. So not only are you not only are you are you paying usually uh, exorbitantly for the, the services, but you lose control over the outcome of those services as well. The the key to anything digital these days is keeping as much in house in your ecosystem as possible, isn't it? So you can so you you've got the benefit of tracking it all. But you know the caveat to that is you have to have your website that has to be ready for that. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, I've been in situations where I'm driving effective traffic. I consider effective traffic traffic that's going directly to the website based on some sort of campaign or initiative on those four pillars that I mentioned that's spending at least two minutes on the site that has a bounce rate of less than 30 percent, which people say it's impossible to do. It's not impossible. It's very possible to do. I do it all the time. So you can do it. That has low bounce rate that that um, is in line with the goals that you have that's converting to the goals that you have in some way, shape or form, right? I don't know what the goals are, so I can't talk percentages, but bar that you said, you should have some sort of a benchmark based on whatever you consider, why you consider those goals in the first place and then measure them accordingly. 
All right, Trent, switching to, to quote a Herb Andersonism, um, switching gears, switching gears, my friend. <laughs> Obviously, we've been, we've been talking about the digital space. What about the social media space? You know, it's, it's, it's something that is more probably, um, it's more probably accepted as being mainstream in, in your part of the world than it is here. You know, you talk about your guys like your, you know, your, 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 your Rudy Treminios, your, you know, El Patron. You talk about your, your Jeff, Jeff Hunters, your, your Jason Harris's of the world. Like these people are very, uh, are very, very out much, very much out there on social media. Um, and and driving a brand, driving a presence, uh, both. Well, you look at Jeff; he's a salesperson. Obviously, Rudy's a Rudy's a dealer principal, um, and and Jason obviously comes at it from a from a from a from a marketing perspective. What sort of what sort of importance do you place on on social media and and driving driving a presence for the dealership itself? Uh, to me, it's it's. It's paramount, dude. So the the dealership of the future, in my opinion, is the dealership that studio basically in their dealership. You know what I mean? Like they're you're your own content creator in the world that we live in right now, but you're also your own editor, and you're also your own distribution channel. That's how we need to start looking at social media. You know, we still there was radio first, radio transitioned to TV. And now TV is transitioning into social media. The problem, I think, the disconnect that happens is that we want to treat the content that we put out there like a commercial, yeah. right? Yeah. And when we do that, we forget about the social element. But why would you not? I, I just don't understand why dealers won't double down on that initiative because, dude, the audience is there. You can't tell me that social media doesn't have an audience. So when I hear these statements of, well, I tried that, but it doesn't work, BS, it works. You just, your content doesn't work, your message, but social media works. How, how, does, how does the video go viral? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. goes viral because it attracts, the content attracts an audience and that audience, you know, propagates that message. So it does work. It's just the, the content that you're putting out there doesn't work. And when you talk about your 0% interest and your, you know, uh, I have the best deal in town and nobody, nobody cares, dude. Nobody cares about that. Yeah. But when you start to treat it, how can I be social on social media? Then things start to change. But your, 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 how do I say this? The, the, the perception needs to change a little bit too, because you know, if you put out if you put on a con, uh, if you put out a, a message out there, and Ali Rita said this best. He was on my show way back in the beginning in season one, and he said, "Listen, I'm there's no, I it serves me no purpose to be internet famous, right? Because I, you know, if China, I can't sell them a car, so I don't care if if people in China are watching my videos. I care about the people in my backyard. So if you put a piece of a piece of content out there as a dealership and you get a hundred engagements, but all 90% of those are within 30 miles of your of your dealership, that's success, man. Yeah. That is success, yeah. right? Because that's a hundred people that you can sell a car to today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't look at it like that. All of a sudden we we, we our efforts with millions of views and millions of likes and all, and it just doesn't, that's not what it's, that's not how you should view it. 
You should view it as how can I talk to the smallest amount of people that I can actually impact that can either buy a car from me today or come and bring their vehicle to service here today. And when you do that and you create your content for the smallest audience possible within 10 miles from your dealership or 30 miles from your dealership, things start to change. You start to look at it a little and then the engagement that you get is a little bit different. I'm not going to say the results because, again, I don't expect you, you know what I mean, to get a million views. on a, If you get a million views on a video, it's really doing nothing for your business, yeah. right? Yeah. Unless you live in a metro area and there's 5 million people or, you know, 20 million people that can buy from you. But most places, that's not the case. So that shouldn't be your objective. Your objective is to impact the smallest amount of people that can actually buy a car from you and and dude COVID what a great opportunity again I, I hate to use these these you know very positive words to describe a very negative situation but it's the truth Co the COVID situation presents a very uh, you know a prime opportunity for you to put those things to the test you know what I mean absolutely um and so yeah I think that 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 yeah I, I, like I said dude it's paramount but we got to switch the narrative we've got to start looking at things differently yeah, absolutely. That's the thing about the thing about social that you know. I think you've we learn you learn the hard way is you know if you if you're saying about if you're saying you know every everything that you would push out there onto TV, let's just dump that onto let's just dump that onto YouTube or Facebook or whatever the case may be. That 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 doesn't get engagement because it's just an ad. What what gets engagement? Right. What gets engagement is when you build a brand. Whether you're building a brand as a you know, like a like a Jeff, like as a salesperson, being the go-to guy for Chevy. You know, I think when I think when I think when I think Chevy, I think Jeff. And I'm in Australia, I can't even buy a bloody Chevy, but I think Jeff, right? <laughs> but you know, and when you you know when you look at when you when I think about out there dealer principals, business owners, you think of you think of Rudy. You know, you sure. these people these people are building a brand. They're not they're not out there on social selling anything. They're building a brand. They're selling, you know, it's the old school of selling their dealership. You know, it's, that's the, it's just, it's the modern day version of walking a, a brand new customer to the service department and introducing them to the service advisor, isn't it? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny because we, we, I think we, you know, we don't realize the 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 impact of the platform, and it and, and it's it's also a little frustrating as well because again, I have these conversations all the time where we're talking about things that guys time out, the time out, like you're that's not that's not how you should be looking at this. You know what I mean? Um, and then immediately, oh, I didn't get the views and stuff, and they look at that as 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 a failure. And I'm like, no, dude, that's that's actually pretty good, man. Look at look, and you can pull these metrics. Like you can see how many of the people that like your Facebook page, like where are they from? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if they're if again, if they're all like in China, what? You know what I mean? You can't sell them anything. You know what I mean? So um, let's let's just start looking at it a little bit different, and and then change the you know change the, the 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 approach because here's the other thing about social media you got to remember that you're interrupting it's an interruption right to the experience that somebody's having on that platform because i guarantee you that the established content creator and people are like hooked 
right? Because you're so good at creating content that's relevant. People are not going to go on Facebook to look at your dealership. They're just not. They're there to, to gossip or to find something to laugh or to kill time. You know what I mean? So you got to you got to remember that and your ad, your your content, your initiative has to be primed to interrupt that experience, right? That's what needs to interrupt that experience and capture that attention away from where that attention was initially. You know what I mean? So that that needs to be a part of the strategy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Should should the modern day should the modern day dealership maybe be, be really encouraging their salespeople to be out there and to be to build that brand? In your opinion? Yes and no. I I say yes to the people that want to do it and no to the people that don't because number one, who I don't, who wants to force people to do something they don't want to do? Like I don't want to. I as a leader, I wouldn't want to waste my time doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Number two. Um, for the people that do, those are the people that I want to inspire, that I want to motivate, that I want to that I want to help, right, and give them the tools and resources to do it. Um, but at the same time, um, I can't think of a better way as a salesperson. Forget about everything else. This is and think of a better way for me to get in front of buyers. You know, even if I had to pay out of my own pocket yeah, to, to yeah. you know, to pay an ad on Facebook, I would totally do it because the specificity of the data is, it, it just makes sense. I can target the market. I can go 10 miles from the dealership. I can target based on gender. I can target if people were on auto trader or cars.com or whatever, or if I'm really smart, I can go cold audience and target everybody, right? I think people have that backwards. Yeah. Target everybody, you know, take a cold customer and funnel them down to a warm lead. You know what I mean? Um, but I would do that in 10 mile radius. I own that. Like I'd put an ad two, three times a day and I would own that space. And every day, that's what people would see, you know, constantly. So, um, but that's just me. That would be my approach as a salesperson. So yeah, I agree. Um, that would be mine should, as well. Should it be, should it be but I'm not forced. You know, yeah, I yeah. think that, you know, there's been some talks and some, some debates on that. And I'm, I'm just not one for, especially because you got to get on camera and stuff. And if people are, are afraid to do that, it's just going to look, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good content. And so what's the point? Absolutely. You know, we, uh, you know, there, there are people out there that aren't as outgoing as you and I are blessed with Brad Pitt like looks, isn't there? You know, we're, yeah. well, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a thing too, but <laughs> <laughs> or mate, um, I, 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 uh, I've really enjoyed our chat today, man. I think, I think you know, we've, I think we've covered some really great nuggets. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised, Herb, if, if you get some calls from, uh, from south of the equ- south of the equator, saying, "Hey, can you, uh, can you show us, sh- can you show us what you're talking about?" I think you've, I think you know, there's. I wouldn't be surprised if you get any work in Australia or New Zealand, man. I think there's a lot of things that you can you can go through with with the dealership groups out here and say, you know, really really shed a new light on what they're doing, especially in that digital space. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, reach out to me, hit me up. Um, you know, I, I'm here to help, man. So, uh, and if you follow on if you follow me on my LinkedIn page, you'll see some some you know some content. I try to post once a week, but sometimes I get really busy, but I, I try to put something out there, some nuggets, something that I'm doing that, that has worked and I'll share the, I share all that stuff, you know, 
take a look at it. Absolutely. I'll put uh, I'll put links in the show notes for for Herb's LinkedIn profile and website and and everything as well. But yeah, as I say, he's, you're you're a man that gives a lot more than you get. And and you know, as we as we said before, we hit the record button, mate. I think we both come at this from an angle of trying to make the uh, the automotive industry the best version of itself that it can be. And I really appreciate your time today, Legend. Yeah, man. Hey, dude, thank you so much for having me on. This has been awesome. Um, yeah, dude, if I, if I can help again in any way, shape or form, please feel free to reach out. All right. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. All right, dude. Take care, man. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the podcast wherever you are and whatever you're doing. If you're interested in learning more about how automotive talent can add value for you or your business, please make contact through the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care and happy trading.